Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Snug Wrestling. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. That's right. You are tuned into Snug Wrestling, where it's wrestling all day, every day. And now here is your host, Edgar Avila. Whoever this masked devil goon is was working with Samoa Joe this entire time. I still believe it's Roderick Strong, the man that calls Samoa Joe his best friend by proxy. We're getting closer and closer to finding out who this man's is because World's End is this weekend and we might finally get some answers on that day. This is either a good or a really bad thing because the only other thing that some would argue that is worth watching in AEW is the Continental Classic. That is is if you're a fan of the G1 and just random cold matches that is also going to blow off this weekend at World's End but after this AEW Dynamite we found out who the finalists are and spoiler alert one of the finalists was not Brian Danielson like we all predicted it was actually John Moxley the only reason I would even care to watch this final is just to see Moxley lose other than that I don't really care about this tournament or the final cause what the fuck and we will get into all of that as well the point that i'm trying to make before we get into dynamite is at world's end we find out who the devil is no more random tournament matches what else is there to look forward to in aw for the new year in 2024 everything that we've been seeing on dynamite has been focusing on this devil storyline and the tournament so what else is next for aw it's a bit concerning to me as a fan that there's not much else that has been going on in aw lately but for now let's get into aew dynamite december 27th let's go John Moxley versus Jay White versus Swerve in a triple threat match for the semifinal of this tournament. Sports-based presentation is what we were told this tournament was going to be because there were some rules for this tournament. No run-ins in this tournament, none of the matches. We couldn't get any interferences. But in this match, it is a three-way, so you can use chairs and tables, and there's no count-outs. So there are rules, but then there isn't rules. Another thing, I'm no expert in this G1 round robin tournament but according to the people on the internet that makes me some type of idiot because it's supposedly really easy to follow but I wasn't even gonna try because honestly I just did not care enough about this tournament to begin with one thing I did understand from all of this is that round robin means everyone must face each other at least once no matter what hence the reason why Mark Briscoe and Jay Lethal wrestled each other anyway even though they were fucking losers in this tournament with zero points each. If you heard episode 118, we went over this. Why should we care, right? These two guys, they have no chance of winning in this tournament. Why even watch this match? Well, it's because if it were the Browns and they still had no chance, they still had to play because it was on the schedule and that's just what happens in real sports. No matter what, even if they don't have a chance in this tournament, they still have to wrestle. But you know what else doesn't happen in real sports? sports tournaments a three-way to determine a finalist someone please explain that to me because it makes no sense all three of these guys did a bunch of cool moves to each other they went like 30 minutes john moxley tried to put someone through a table then a chair was used a few times they fought all over the arena they exchanged a bunch of ones and twos and at one point all three of them were taking turns in the middle of the ring hitting each other but that wasn't even the worst part the worst part of 
about all of this is that John Moxley won. Not the guy that has been getting over and over every week. Not the guy that survived that hellacious Texas death match where he was almost murdered by a depressed, blood-drinking cowboy. Not the guy that every AEW fan wanted to see win this. Not the guy that has been getting cheered week after week in this tournament. No, it was John fucking Moxley. Death, Jitsu, garbage all day Moxley. Not surprising, but what the fuck? They're gonna shit the bed with this momentum that Swerve has, aren't they? Instead of having Swerve in the finals of this very prestigious Continental Classic Tournament, they're gonna put Swerve in a singles match at World's End versus Keith Lee. Reviving a unfinished feud from months ago that has been put on the shelf, ignored, forgotten, because why? Why do this now? Swerve was being interviewed by Shivani and was upset about losing the three-way, but it wasn't actually Swerve that lost this match because Jay White was the one that got pinned, and out of nowhere, Swerve mentioned Keith Lee, and oh, what do you know, Tony Schiavone just so happened to have a contract for that match at World's End for Swerve and Keith Lee. Now, ain't that some shit? They have unfinished business from months ago that has not been addressed in a long time, but for some reason, we are still supposed to care about this. Mariah May was also interviewed and announced that she's going to have her AEW debut match next week on the first episode of Dynamite in 2024. Right before being chased down by Little Riho, where Riho took out Tony Storm again and embarrassed Tony Storm once again. And those were not my words. Those were Taz's words, because even Taz is like, what the fuck? This tiny little girl Riho keeps embarrassing our woman's champion, Tony Storm. And it's embarrassing. It is. That is the right word, because I was embarrassed just watching this. Thanks to AEW, I learned what Boxing Day is. I thought we were going to get an AEW modern version of the Brawl for All for a second, because I wouldn't put it past AEW for them to do something crazy like that. But Boxing Day is actually Canadian Christmas, if I'm not mistaken, where people in Canada give each other gifts. And to announce this Boxing Day, Don Callis' family joins a very annoyed Tony Schiavone. Don Callis gifted all of his faction members his favorite thing in the world, art paintings and to join this day of boxing sammy guevara returns from recovering from his concussions and paternity leave and sammy guevara was pissed because the entire time sammy was out don Callis never called to check on him that's not very family-like of don Callis, but just like the contract for the swerve and keith lee match that tony Schiavone just so happened to have don Callis was also carrying around this huge 20 by 24 page around with him everywhere he went just in case Sammy decided to show up to work to give Sammy his gift but then things took a left turn because Don Callis started talking about Sammy's parenting skills and that's a big no-no so Sammy attacked Don Callis which caused a big fight between the Don Callis family and Sammy Guevara lucky for Sammy he still has friends in AEW even after turning his back on Chris Jericho and turning heel on Chris Jericho and attacked him with the bat and standing tall with the Don Callis family it looks like Chris Jericho found his tag team partner to replace Kenny Omega and the sex gods are back together again for the ninth time this year and right when you thought you seen it all the lights go out and I'm thinking what the fuck is Sammy the devil why are the lights going out already the mass goons aren't scheduled until the main event at the end of the show well it wasn't the mass goons it was the other goons
Goons, Darby, and Sting. Darby is back from climbing Mount Everest, so it's good to see that he didn't die up there. They came out to help Chris Jericho and Sammy because Ricky Starks and Big Bill also hit the ring to attack Sammy and Chris Jericho. But why did Sting and Darby come out to save Jericho and Sammy? Who fucking knows, but they got a really big, massive pop. Roddy the Simp Devil Strong is being interviewed by Renee, or should I say Renee? And Roddy is still convinced that MJF is the devil, and Roderick Strong is going to prove to the entire world that it is MJF. But damn it, Roddy, stop trying to get attention away from yourself. It's you, Roddy. It is you all along. I'm willing to bet money on it. Danielson versus Eddie Kingston. After seeing the other finalists from the other match, I don't care who wins out of these two. I just don't want to see John Moxley carry any more titles because that would mean John Moxley would have to defend all three of those titles, which means we would have to sit through more and more Moxley matches. And I don't think I could afford to lose that many brain cells. But if Danielson wins this match, goes on to the finals and wins the tournament, that means he would have to defend three titles. And with his bad luck in the ring with all of these injuries, I don't think that would be such a good idea for Danielson to have to defend three belts week after week or however long the winner of this thing is going to have to wrestle. I'm sure it's going to be a shit ton of matches. And the winner was not Danielson like we all predicted. It was Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston is moving to the finals versus John Moxley and he better win at world's end. And I guess Eddie Kingston beating Danielson in this match does make a lot of sense because world's end is going to be in New York. So Eddie is going to get the big hometown hero welcome. John Moxley comes out to cut a promo after the match on Eddie Kingston and says AEW loves you. Everyone in AEW loves you, but I know you better than everyone and we all know Eddie Kingston can't beat John Moxley. But Eddie Kingston had to humble John Moxley because Mox thinks he's hot shit for some reason and Eddie responded with, I ain't no Wheeler Yuta and I broke into the business before you Moxley so I'm your daddy. So Eddie Kingston is no sucker and hopefully he wins this damn thing. Kristen Cage was backstage waiting for Adam Copeland for over an hour to show up for a sit down interview that they were scheduled to have but Adam Copeland just made Christian Cage wait and wait and wait and when he finally showed up Adam Copeland had the audacity to attack Christian Cage making our TNT champion of the world just wait just to attack the poor fellow. Christian Cage deserves more respect than that. Shame on you Adam. Adam and Christian Cage have a big pull apart backstage and they get broken up by all of the AEW wrestlers. Chris Statlander versus Sky Blue. Only reason I'm watching this match is because of Chris Statlander. She is a beast, but Sky Blue, she's buns literally no pun intended there was 15 minutes left on this show when this match started and these girls went over 10 minutes sky blue won with help from julia hart and like every woman's match in AEW, there was an afterbirth where willow came out for the save and they could have cut out the afterbirth in this match since they do it every single time in these women's matches literally every time but they let the girls have all of their time even though it cut into their main event which involved their world heavyweight champion their biggest star and their biggest draw it's like tony khan is trying to make the people happy out there complaining that the women don't have enough time on their show or for all of those of you who are complaining about that there you go merry christmas justin roberts announced the tag team match for the ring of honor title
titles at 6.59 p.m. with a 60-minute time limit, one minute before the end of the show, technically. MJF music hit at the top of the hour exactly at 7 p.m. Samoa Joe's music hit, but there was no Samoa Joe. By now, we all know what's going on and how the masked goons get down. Samoa Joe was shown on the Titantron selling the knee like he got attacked backstage, but MJF still wanted to do the match without Samoa Joe, and at least we got to see some type of a main event, even though they went over a long time. MJF, instead of running to the back to help out his partner, he did finish this match. The goons got the better of MJF. They outsmarted the champ. A couple more goons showed up from under the ring, attacking MJF behind the referee's back, giving the masked goons the advantage, and they beat MJF with his own finisher, the Heat Seeker, to become new Ring of Honor champions. The attack continued after the match, and then Samoa Joe's music hit once again, and Samoa Joe hits the ring with the chair in hand to chase out the goons, only to find out that Samoa Joe was in cahoots with the masked devil the entire time. Pleasure doing business with you was the message that showed up on the Titantron, and Samoa Joe attacked MJF with the steel chair from behind. And you can hear Samoa Joe tell MJF, I did this to you during this attack. I still believe it is Roderick Strong behind all of this. Samoa Joe and Roderick Strong are BFFs by proxy, just saying. But hopefully we find out this weekend and we get to the bottom of all of this craziness. Let me know what you guys think. Hit me up at Snug Wrestling. Thank you guys for listening and we'll talk soon.